Hey, well, good morning, church. How are we? Um, uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Brent Hall. I'm the lead pastor here at Edinburgh Church. And if you are a guest, we're we're so glad that you are here with us uh, this this morning. And and, and those of you watching online, we're glad you're tuned in as well. And before I kind of jump into this new series and and jump into the message, um, I did want to, to... uh, call Levi Hansen and his wife Carly up on stage so we can just introduce them to you. Uh, can we give them a warm Edinburgh welcome here? Yeah, they're a great couple. We're getting to know them. The staff's getting to know them. And uh, Levi's just doing, is he not doing an awesome job already for us, leading us in worship? So, man, yeah. What I want to do is I just want to pray for them and uh, just pray a blessing and that God will uh, anoint them and use them. Um, so would you bow your heads with me in, in prayer? Um, Jesus, we come to you. We want to thank you uh, for this couple, how you're working in their lives. And uh, God, many have said how we see how you have orchestrated all of this, bringing them to us. So we give you praise and glory uh, for that. I know as they've traveled up from Iowa, there's got to be adjustments and uh, things that, that are still needed. So uh, we pray that you would... Um, provide that for them, and God, if there's any way we can help them with that, I, I pray that you will, uh, that you will uh, show us what that is, and I pray they will tell us what that is as well. <laughs> um, but God, ultimately, I know this, this couple, they, they're a team, they want to serve you, they want to see you glorified, they want to see your people uh, blessed, worshiping you, pushing back uh, darkness, and so we're just going to pray for, as a church, for a special blessing and anointing um, on, this, on this couple, on each one of them. Lord, would you just fill them, fill them, fill them with your presence, with your spirit, and use them to do great things uh, for your kingdom. We pray for Levi, God, as he steps into this leadership role, uh, Lord, that he will feel close to you, and uh, you will give him uh, supernatural wisdom uh, to be the leader you've called him to. But we give this couple over to you and put them in your hands. Just ask that you are going to do things beyond what we could ever ask or imagine, all for your glory and the good of your people. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. Give them another round of applause. Awesome. Uh, Well, we are kicking off um, a new series today uh, called Pushing Back the Darkness. And over the next three weeks, we're going to be doing a series on the topic of spiritual warfare. I feel like it might be good for us at least once a year to do a series on uh, spiritual warfare and what it means to, to push back spiritual darkness um, in, in our lives and in our homes. Uh, of course, when I talk about darkness, I'm not talking about literal okay, darkness. We're talking about spiritual um, darkness. But it is something that God has um, called us to. As uh, followers of Jesus, uh, many years ago, uh, when Danielle and I were, were first married, um, we were heavily into camping. Uh, and, and every uh, week through the fall and summer months, you could find us at some campground, or oftentimes we even camp um, outside of campgrounds uh, in various places. But you'd find us a camping, and so we were pretty experienced campers. And one uh, weekend, we were going to go up to the North Shore and camp up on Lake Superior somewhere, pretty far up north. 
Uh, but we got out of work late, and we got a late start, and we knew we weren't going to make it up there. It was already dark, so we said, well, we're going to stop somewhere. We're going to stop kind of halfway, and uh, we'll set up our tent camp, and then we can get going the next day. And so we found ourselves in Duluth and around Spirit Mountain. There's a campground there. Uh, but what we didn't realize, this was late fall, is the campground was closed. Even the gate, you know, getting in just to the entrance was, was gated off, and, and, and so we couldn't even get in. We had to park our car kind of on the main road. But it was dark. It was late already, and we needed a place to camp. They had a little box that if you're going to camp, uh, you put some money in this box, which we did, so I assume we could still camp there. Um, but it was abandoned, okay? <laughs> there wasn't another soul around, and as you can imagine, it was pretty, pretty eerie, Right, being at this, camp, this abandoned campground in, in, in the dark, in, in the pitch black. So we started a fire just so we'd have enough light to put up our tent, which we did quickly. And we got in our tent and fell asleep until around 2-ish in the morning. Campfire had died out at this point, so there wasn't any light. We woke up to footsteps walking around our tent and again, we were experienced campers, you know, we had had our run-ins with raccoons and different things like that, and we know how those small animals can even sound loud and sound louder than they really are when they're walking around. Again, there's leaves on the ground because this is late fall. This sounded heavier, and it sounded bigger, and so my first thought, which tried to justify it, uh, was it, it, it must be a deer. It must be something big, something like, like a deer, which I had never had that happen. Um, but the problem was... More legs were joined to this deer that I thought was walking around our tent to the point where uh, it became very noisy. We could hear multiple footsteps, and they started walking in circles around our tent over and over and over. Well, at this point, Danielle freaked out. Uh, you know, her eyes are open. I'm trying not to lose it. I'm trying not to panic because if I panic, she's really going to panic. And then I'm really going to panic. We are trying to hold it together, just praying that the, the sun will come up. But, I mean, th this crunching, this, this marching around it happened, it's just, it, it continues. Um, I eventually mustered up some courage. I thought, I got to take charge of this situation. And so, you know, I asked Danielle to stick her head out and see what it was. Um, <laughs> And she was not willing to do that. I wasn't willing to do that either. And we just, we lie there. We lie there listening to this all night, kind of freaked out of our minds. Um, and then I remember, I, I remember when the sun pierced through the trees and light came. And as soon as that happened, the crunching got softer and softer. And eventually, whatever it was, crept back into the woods. And uh, we... <laughs> We got out of our tent, um, I put on a new pair of shorts, uh, and uh, we got out of there as quickly as possible and honestly never camped there. Again, it freaked us out that bad. I don't know what it was, I don't want to know what it was, but I can tell you how happy I was when the light came, when, when the sun um, came up and pushed back the darkness and whatever was in that darkness um, went away never went away. Well, in this series, we're obviously, we're not, we're not talking about, uh, you know, literal um, light and darkness here, um, although I do believe that one of the reasons God created light and darkness is actually to teach us the, about spiritual light 
and, and darkness. And, and, and I hope what we're going to see today is that we are called to push back that spiritual darkness and the spiritual enemy that lives in that darkness. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Ephesians 6. He says, for our struggle or our battle is not against flesh and blood, meaning it's not against humans. It's not against really anything earthly, at least directly. But it is against the the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Or you could think spiritual realm there. So notice right away, the way Apostle Paul sees it, the world is dark. By default, he sees it as as dark. In fact, you go back to creation, it's interesting, right? Darkness was just, we open up the Bible, darkness is there. Uh, The light takes intentionality. God has to speak light into creation. The Apostle Paul sees the world at its default, right, As, as it is as dark, and there are spiritual forces in that darkness, which he kind of describes as like a hierarchy of rulers and authorities um, that uh, live in that darkness and come against us, okay? And, and, and one thing we have to understand is we do have this spiritual enemy the Bible talks about, the devil and demons. The Bible talks a lot about this, and the devil is out to harm us. Um, Jesus said he comes to steal steal, kill, and, and destroy. He's out to get us. He's out to, to harm us. He can't directly hurt God, but if you want to hurt a, a parent, how do you do that? You hurt their kids. And so he's out to hurt God's kids, God's children. He wants to harm and wreak havoc in our lives and in our families and even in our community around us, our world. We see that, okay? And I think too often as Christians, you know, we get caught up in what we see you know, what we can touch and feel and, and um, what we might describe as earthly. Uh, and, and we think that's where the battle is, with flesh and blood against people. We, we, we got an election around the corner, and many of us think that's where we're going to win the ultimate battle. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to vote. And um, we're privileged to be able to do that. But we need to understand as Christians, there is a deeper battle. There's a more important battle. There's a more important focus uh, where we are supposed to, to, to live because we see that in Jesus. Jesus just didn't get too concerned with the politics because he saw those as symptoms. Those are symptoms of a much deeper problem. There is a spiritual problem. There's a spiritual darkness and there's a spiritual enemy. And if the church isn't aware of this and doesn't learn how to push it back and fight against it, who's going to do it? And God has called us to push back the darkness. It's what we're called to do. We have this interesting story we read about in Jesus' ministry in, in Mark 1. And uh, in verse 21 we read, And Jesus and the disciples went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority uh, and not as the scribes. Now, what I want us to just see right here, this is in the synagogue. This would have been the church of the day. This is where people came to hear the Old Testament at that time taught. This is where they sang worship songs to God. This was the church of the day, and apparently Jesus is like the guest speaker. Okay, He's been invited in. 
speaking. People are noticing, wow, he really speaks. There's something different about him. He speaks with authority. And then we read this. And immediately uh, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And maybe you never thought about it. Maybe you've read this before, but I want you to know this is a guy sitting in church. This, this is a guy who's in the synagogue, listening to the teaching, uh, you know, of whoever's teaching that day, singing the songs, or at least being a part of the worship. This is a guy who's there, and uh, he's, he's, he's in the church, and he comes against Jesus. I, I think one of the misnomers, uh, something that maybe confuses us sometimes as Christians, is uh, we oftentimes in our translations find that it says the man was demon-possessed or something like that. The Greek doesn't actually say that. I don't know if this man was demon-possessed or not. The, 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 the Greek just says the man, uh, there was a demon with this man. It's a man with a demon, okay? We don't, we don't know if he was af- you know, actually uh, possessed, but he was being oppressed at the very least. And this is something I need us to understand as Christians. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You can't be possessed because the Holy Spirit lives in you, but you certainly can be oppressed. You can be oppressed. You, you can have demonic forces come against you. You can have demonic forces coming against your home. And, and I'm here to tell you, the Apostle Paul says that's going to happen. And um, it's a struggle that, that we find ourselves in. So we can't be possessed, but we do need to understand that we certainly can be oppressed and we'll find ourselves in the struggle. But here's the good news. Here's the good news we read on in verse 25. But Jesus rebuked this spirit, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of the man. Okay, the good news is Jesus just says, Leave, tells this spirit to go. And what does the spirit do? It goes. Why? Because Jesus has the authority to do that. Jesus has the authority to drive out the darkness, to push back, okay, uh, uh, the darkness. Why are we doing this, this series? This is what was on my heart that led to us doing this series. First off, I believe that many of our families are going to come under attack and, and maybe are even under attack and we don't realize it. We need to be aware of this, okay, so that we understand how to win this, this battle, If you're a mom or dad, you do have somewhat of a responsibility to learn how to be a spiritual warrior in your home because the enemy will try to attack your kids. And you better know how to fight. You better know how to drive out that darkness against your family. It's going to try to attack your marriage. I can tell you, now listen to me. I am not saying that every attack that comes against us or every time, you know, you have like a problem or something like that, it's necessarily a spiritual attack. You know, sometimes I get moody, and sometimes it's just because I need a nap, or I'm hangry, (laughs) okay, or I haven't eaten, sometimes. But when you've been in this battle long enough, you kind of start to learn the difference. You kind of start to learn when there is an earthly cause, and you kind of start to learn when it actually seems like there is something deeper going on against you, your family, your kids, your marriage. And Danielle and I have experienced that many times over the year where we've just had to stop and we've had to pray because we know there's a spiritual attack um, coming, coming against us, okay? 
And, and so the, the, the first hope of this series is that just we will learn to be spiritual warriors to fight for our kids. If you're a grandparent, to learn how to fight for your grandkids and, and to push back that, that darkness. Um, also to pray for our community. Okay, also, there's a, I'm learning and realizing that communities have strongholds. Communities have these patterns and these things that seem to, you know, creep up. Um, and we need to be the church, you know, that, that prays against those things and pushes back the darkness. Here in Brooklyn Park, we've seen some trends and some things even in recent years that have happened. Uh, we should be the people of God praying against those things and those strongholds will be broken. Um, if you live in Maple Grove, you know, you're... It might be a different kind of struggle. It might, be, it might look different than what it looks like in Brooklyn. But I can tell you there's a spiritual attack taking place in, in Maple Grove as well. In fact, we see that these, these demons oftentimes are territorial and um, rule over places. So whether you're in Brooklyn Park, whether you're in Maple Grove, if you're in Champlin, you need to learn how to pray and push back the darkness where God has, has put you. Um, coming from Blaine, learn how to push back the darkness. If you're in Anoka, God help you. Okay? I don't know what to tell you. Move. Um, I, uh, I don't know if you know it. It's called the Halloween capital of the world. Did you guys know that? There are some weird... <laughs> no, don't move. That's actually... No, you need to be the light where God has put you. And what you do need to do is learn how to fight. You need to learn how to be a spiritual warrior where God has put you. Respect that darkness. Uh, a friend of mine, um, he wrote a book. I, I can't remember if he was living in Brooklyn Park or Brooklyn Center, but he and his son, for two years straight, they just prayed. And they actually had a police scanner, and they would listen, and, and when something came over that police scanner, they would stop, and they would pray, and they did this for two years. He, he wrote a book about this. Uh, and at the end of that two years of just praying every day for their community, their neighborhood, their, their area, they actually saw a crime decrease. Now, was that a coincidence? Maybe. No, I don't think it was. I think there's power when God's people stop and start praying against these, these dark forces. Good things start to happen. Okay, another last reason uh, what I'm hoping to get out of this series is just for you, right? Just, I think there's things going on in all of our lives. I know there's certainly attacks that come against me, uh, depressing thoughts, thoughts that I don't always understand, anxiety, different stuff. Sometimes there's an earthly cause. Sometimes it feels like it's deeper. I've kind of learned the difference. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. I don't exactly know why. I've kind of learned now why um, that happens. There's attacks, and we need to learn how to push that back and to fight against that. So really, ultimately, the hope in this is that we are going to become spiritual warriors learning how to push back that darkness in our life, in our families, and in our community. Now, let me say this. As, as we talk about spiritual things, you know, sometimes this stuff gets sensationalized. Um, sometimes it can invoke, like, maybe fear or things like uh, I, I need just I, I need us all to hear today. What we're going to see today, <laughs> we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to live in fear of of these things. I don't live in fear. They come against me all the time. I, especially as a pastor, I have a target on my back. I don't live in fear of these things. If we understand what the Bible teaches us and, and how the gospel applies to us, we will learn we do not have to live in fear. In fact, we can walk in so much confidence. This goes all the way back to the cross. Um, Satan obviously hated Jesus and wanted to have Jesus put to death. Jesus was in his realm. 
the earthly realm, where Satan had rule and, and, and power, and uh, Satan uh, obviously wanted Jesus to stop doing his ministry and pushing back darkness. So he uh, came up with a plan, right, to enter into uh, Judas. The Bible actually says that. He entered into Judas. But it wasn't just Judas. He was working through the spiritual leaders, the political leaders, to do what? To get rid of Jesus. To have, have Jesus tried and, and, and put up on a cross where he would die. And Satan thought, man... <laughs> I've won, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting uh, the, rid of this, this, this Jesus here off earth, off my realm that I, that I rule over. Um, but what you also need to understand is that God is oftentimes using Satan. Did you know that? That he, he plays Satan over and over throughout the Bible? It was God that was actually... <laughs> using Satan to do what Satan did. Why? Because Jesus was to become the sacrificial lamb who was to go to the cross to take our sin upon himself and and die a terrible death, but that was to pay our hell, our punishment in our place. So, So this was actually, Satan was playing right into God's plan. Had Satan known, okay, that Jesus was going to be the sacrificial lamb who takes away the sins of all who believe. Do you think he would have let him die that way? He would have been doing everything he could to protect Jesus. He would have been doing everything he could to keep Jesus from going to the cross. He'd been telling his demons, you protect this man. You let him die in old age of natural causes. If he would have known he was going to go to the cross and be the sacrificial lamb who saves us from our sin, he never would have done it. But he did, and so you understand what happens. Jesus goes to the cross. He does die, and what does he do? He takes our sin in our place and robs Satan of his primary weapon against us. What is Satan's primary weapon against us? It's condemnation. He's actually called the accuser. He wants to come into your life tell you, you're not loved. God can't love someone like you. I know what you've done. I've seen your sin. I saw what you did. I see what you're dabbling in right now. He's constantly coming against you to make you feel unloved. He's the accuser. This is what he does. But you understand what Jesus did was he took that weapon away. So that when Satan comes to you and says, I know what you did. I see what you did. I see what you've done. You know what you say? Yeah, but Jesus paid for that. I know what you did. Yeah, well, Jesus paid for that. Yeah, but then you did this. I know, but Jesus paid for that. Yeah, but then you did this. Yeah, but Jesus paid for that. Well, you're going to do, yeah, I know, but Jesus is going to pay for that too. And I know that sounds almost like, but we certainly don't want to take this for granted. We don't want to abuse this. But you better learn how to tell Satan Jesus paid for it. Okay, because that's your victory. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was already victorious. Jesus is Yahweh. What Jesus did by going to the cross, friends, is he gave you victory. He gave you the victory. So that now Satan has no weapon to use against you. He comes in, Jesus has already, the war has already been won. Is this not good news? Okay, so as Christians, we have got to learn what we have. We've got to learn who we are and what we have. So let me tell you two things you have. The first, you have victory. And I hope we'll start walking in this victory with a little more confidence in our life. And when the devil tries to show up and say, God doesn't love you because of something you did, you say, no, that's Jesus. God does love me. Jesus paid for that. That's how I know I'm loved. 
okay? You start walking in that victory. Now, we need to realize it's not us who did it. We're not the heroes of the story. Jesus is the one who did it. He gets all the glory. He gets all the praise for what he did. It's kind of like if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, we are going to win a Super Bowl someday, right? Right? Okay, I mean, we're all hoping, right? And and when that day happens and we we win the, the Super Bowl... You know, were you, I don't know anyone here who plays on the Vikings. Anyone here play on the Vikings? Yeah, I don't think anyone. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> Need about 200 more pounds. <laughs> no. Uh, none of us here, right, play for the team. But when they win, what do we do? We celebrate. We somehow get that victory. It becomes ours. It's our state, right, that wins. We cheer because now it's our state that has bragging rights. We won the Super Bowl. We get to rub it in to the Green Bay Packers' face that we won the Super Bowl. I I can say that because, you know, Packer fans don't go to church. So I can... I'm kidding. We love our Packer fans. We give them a hard time around, but we do love them. But I want us to understand, it's not, it's, we haven't, we, we just get to receive. Friends, we, we just get to receive. You get to receive victory. Thank you, Jesus. I get to just receive. <laughs> I get to stop striving and receive the victory you have already won for me. This is good, good news. Are you walking in that victory today? So you walking in your victory Sometimes we got to remind the devil, eh, it's been paid. Jesus already beat you. <laughs> the second thing we have, though, is, is authority. And a lot of us haven't been taught this. A lot of us haven't learned about the authority that we have. In Luke 9.1, we read, When Jesus had called his disciples together, the twelve, he gave them power. And what does that say? He gave them authority to drive out all demons, okay? And then oftentimes in the Bible, certain diseases were associated with demonic attack and so also to cure diseases that came with that. So he gave them this authority to drive out the darkness, to drive out uh, demons and, and, and to push it back. And by the way, authority here, what does it mean? It means they have to, comm- they have to obey you. They have to obey your command. Who has to obey your command? The demons. Some of you have never heard that. You've never been taught that. You you have never heard that Jesus is giving you authority and that the darkness, the demons, have to do your bidding when you tell them to go. That, That you have the authority to command them what to do, okay? This is the authority. And I could show you scripture over scripture. When Jesus sends out his 12, he is constantly, the primary thing you're going to see surface is this is what he was sending them out to do. How many of us are doing that? See, most, most of us didn't even know we had the authority to do that. You might say, well, that was just the 12 disciples. That was it. Well, at one point in Jesus' ministry, he's got 72 following him, 72 followers, and he gives them all that authority as well. This is just something he gives his followers. In fact, they, the 72 go out, push back the darkness, cast out demons, okay? And they come back excited. We read this in Luke 10. It says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They're excited. 
But listen to how Jesus responds. He replied, I saw uh, Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And we're, 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 we're pushing back the darkness. Satan is losing. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Of course, he's talking about spiritual powers and forces here. Nothing will harm you. But then he says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. In Jesus' mind, this is just par for the course. This is just what you do as a believer. Don't, don't rejoice about that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that you're children of God. Rejoice that you have victory. Rejoice that you're going to get to spend eternity with me. That's what we should be reading. As far as casting out demons and telling spirits, for Jesus, this is, just a, this is a side note. This is just something we do. It's supposed to be natural for us as Christians as drinking water, breathing air. We cast out the darkness on our way to heaven. That's what we're excited about, and that's where our focus is. Amen? That's what we're rejoicing in. As far as casting out the dark, it's just something we do on the way. But sadly, so many of us haven't even been taught about the authority we have that Jesus gives to us as his followers. So here's my question for us. I'm going to end with this and give us a practical thing we can start doing this week. Okay? Where do you see any darkness, oppression, or attack in your life? Where do you see maybe any darkness, oppression, or attack in your family? Maybe in your marriage? Maybe it's against your kids. You know, maybe you've tried every kind of medication there is, and it just doesn't seem to be getting you anywhere. Sometimes medication does, and we thank God for doctors and people who come up with that stuff. But sometimes you try it all, and it's like it doesn't get you Maybe it's because there's something deeper coming against you. Maybe you've tried all the self-help books for your kids or your marriage, and you tried it all, and it just doesn't seem to be getting you in. Maybe, just maybe there's something deeper coming against you. Maybe we've got to start praying and using this victory and authority Jesus has given us to push back the darkness. So, so how do we do that? Really, it starts with a simple prayer. This is something Danielle and I pray often, probably every day. We're praying this at least once throughout our day. And it's, it's, it's this. It's as simple as whatever you are, whatever this spirit is. Sometimes we'll try to name it if we think we know what it is. We command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Now listen to me. You don't want to do that ritualistically. This isn't some patent prayer that's going to, you got to believe it. You got to step into your victory. You got to step into your authority and let them know you're a child of God. Do you believe that? First off, that you're a child. Are you a child of God? If you are, you've got to believe it and you've got to step into your victory. You've got to step into your authority and start walking it. And then you get to tell the darkness what to do. And now are you seeing the purpose of the church? We're called to push it back, friends. This is what Jesus sends us to do. So let's do it. Amen? This is something we can all start this week. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is an ongoing thing we've got to do. Next week, we're going to talk about how do we defend ourselves. And because the, the, spirit, the, it'll, it'll, the attack doesn't end after that prayer. So we need to talk about how do we defend ourselves. And I also want to remind us, the reason we're even doing trunk or treat this, this evening is why? To be that presence, to be that light in our community. And maybe silently as it's happening that we can be praying 
against the darkness and, and for the light of Christ um, to be with us, okay? So I want to do that right now. We could just bow our heads. Uh, Jesus, thank you for being with us this morning. I, I'm going to pray. We're going to ask you. We're going to be intentional. We're not going to be passive. We want your light to shine. So right now, Jesus, would your light shine brighter than anything else? Cast away anything that is not of you. There might be some here uh, this morning who haven't received you, Lord. And if that's you out there, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you want protection uh, so that you can't be controlled by the enemy, if you want protection over this enemy and to step into this victory and authority that Christ... All you got to do is just receive what Jesus has done for you into your life. You just receive it. You say, Jesus, I want to, I know I'm a sinner, uh, but thank you that you have paid the price and my punishment in my place so that I can spend eternity with you. You just, you just, in your heart, you just receive that and you commit to following him, to being his follower, to being his disciple, to walking in his light because that's where we're safe. That's where our protection is. And if that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you to do that. Jesus, come into my life. I receive you, and I choose to follow you starting today. And I know even as Christians, some of us are being attacked. I know it's coming against our marriage. It's coming against our kids, our families. And I just want to pray, Jesus, in your name. Anything that is not of you, Jesus, any spirit that is unclean or dark, any spirit of depression, any spirit of anxiety, any spirit of distress, any spirit of condemnation, any spirit of confusion, any spirit of addiction and temptation, I command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ and the, through the victory and the authority you've given us. Jesus, we tell those spirits to go. We push it back. And so, Spirit, you have to listen. Go. Set these families free. Set these marriages free. Set these individuals free, Jesus, this morning. We love you. Thank you for what you have given us. Help us to walk in it. We pray this in your name and all God's people said. Amen.